listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to, uh, I want to read this passage. Uh, We're going to tell some stories today as well. This is uh, such an amazing, an amazing gift. I mean, all the gifts are amazing when God moves. But it's just awesome how the Lord will give you insight uh, into the future, which is, by the way, if anybody ever had a question about how we would know that the Bible is God's word, one of the ways is the amazing amount of prophecy, future prophecy, that's been fulfilled that was so accurately predicted by God's word. No other book has done that or could do that. Only God who knows the future could do that. Uh, But I did want to read this passage quickly from, uh, this is commonly known, but we want to read it to just kind of set a foundation in 2 Chronicles 20. Of course, you know the story, and I'll set it up. Three uh, armies have aligned themselves against God's people. And it looks like they're set up to fail. And then they begin to pray and fast. And the prophet stands up. And I wanted to just kind of read when the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, uh, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, a Levite, sons of Asaph in the midst of the congregation. And uh, show you what the word of God said here. Look at this. And I'm going to start reading in verse 15. This is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. The Bible says, and he said, listen, all you Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle's not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz. Now that's a prophecy right there. It told them exactly the way their enemy would come up. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, See the salvation of the Lord who's with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord's with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse 19, Then the Levites of the children of the uh, Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with voices loud and high. And verse 20, the Bible says, And they rose early in the morning, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And of course, you know, they appointed those who would sing and go out ahead of the army. And the Lord fought their battle for them, and they were successful just as uh, the man of God predicted. And so here... Not only did the Lord, by a word of prophecy, give them knowledge about what would happen in the future, it also brought an encouragement to their spirit. Don't be afraid. I will be with you. I'll fight your battles. It's not your battles, the Lord's. So it didn't just give them future knowledge. It built their faith, and it gave them encouragement about the future. And then, of course, as you see here, caused them to prosper. And so there are many things that the gift of prophecy can do. I'll let my father... Uh, take over. But if you haven't heard this, um, 
I'm always, you know, and, and I understand that it does happen, but I'm always, and you, you could maybe talk about this as we start, but I'm always kind of wary of prophets who, all, and I say that, you know, with air quotes, that always prophesy doom and gloom, but there's never any light at the end of the tunnel. There's never any hope attached to it. It's just how evil things are going to be and how the the ruin is coming upon the world. And uh, what have you seen about that? Not just from the word, but from well, the if you do not see light at the end of the tunnel, you're probably in a cave, right? <laughs> it's a good thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, in this story, Second Chronicles, there are actually three gifts of the Spirit that are evident and sometimes the gifts they work together i call them companion gifts and for example when you think of the cliff of ziz that place that the holy spirit said this is where they're at uh, that would be the word of knowledge concerning people places or things so when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel in the midst of the congregation, and the Lord said, the battle is not your battle, the battle is the Lord's, that is the gift of prophecy. And in the New Testament, there are three functions of the gift of prophecy. It edifies, it exhorts, and it comforts. So when he says the battle's not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's, there are actually all three functions of the gift of prophecy in that word. Then again, the revelation of the cliff of Ziz and the location of the three enemy nations, which included, of course, Mount Seir, and the thing you need to understand then is that when the Bible says covet earnestly the best gift, in this case, the best gift would be the one needed at that moment. At that moment, they needed to be edified. Now, that word edified means to be charged up. If you know there are three nations coming to take your children, coming to destroy your home coming to do damage, perhaps bodily damage to your life, then you're not going to be at the top of your game. You're going to feel like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And so that's why Jehoshaphat gathered them all together here in this story. And that was to seek the Lord. I have a message I used to preach out of this. What I like about this message is, what do you do? When you don't know what to do, you seek the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, we're talking about the gift of prophecy. And there is another element that we have with the gift of prophecy found in the book of Revelation. And the Bible says that the true spirit, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the testimony of what Christ has done in you. And because he's done something in you, 
then you can speak to edification. Then you can speak to exhortation. Then you can speak to the area of peace or comfort. So the gift of prophecy literally is the word of the Lord uttered in a known language. You'll know that language. Now, there are four manifestations of tongues in the Bible. There is the initial evidence at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they all begin to speak in a tongue unknown to them. Then there's the tongues of men. And on the day of Pentecost, people from other countries heard them speak in their own language. So in that particular manifestation, there were, they were speaking in known languages to those that were around them. But the Bible definitely shows us it was unknown to them. And then, of course, there is what the Bible calls tongues of angels. Angelic languages. There was a Assembly God preacher out in, I think it was Iowa, years ago. And um, an angel visited him and was speaking to him, but he didn't understand what the angel was saying. And he said, I, I don't understand your words. And the angel touched him. And then when the angel spoke, he understood him. He received the interpretation of those angelic tongues. Now what the angel told him was about a ministry in Africa and outlined it and told him what needed to happen. Well, there was a man that used to come preach for my dad. His name was Morris Plotz. They called him Buono Timbo. He was a big man, about 6'6", out of Louisiana. And um, he met this preacher, and the preacher told him that. And Brother Plot said, I know exactly. And remember, the guy in Iowa never left his home, never left the state, was pastor in that little Assembly of God church. But Brother Plotz had been to Africa as a missionary and knew exactly where it was, he said, you have described it perfectly, hmm. perfectly. Well, we would, we would call that a confirmation. In other words, the word that came from that angel, and my main point is this, the minister had to get the interpretation of that tongue. And then, of course, the Bible says we, we pray in the spirit, a heavenly language. That would be glossolalia, I believe is the term in the original language. And that is a tongue unknown to the speaker and not even the devil can tap in. It's our direct line to heaven. It's how we upload into the spirit realm and then how God downloads because Paul says, but what is it? I pray in the spirit, then I pray with understanding. So, Having said that, you understand, I understand, that leaves only one other gift, a speaking gift, which is the gift of prophecy. So Isaiah outlined, to a certain extent, the beginning of speaking like God. When he said, with another tongue, with stammering lips, and another tongue will I speak 
unto this people. There was no manifestation of tongues in Second Chronicles. It was just the pure speaking under the anointing, for the Spirit of the Lord came in the middle of that congregation upon Jehaziel, the son of Madaniah, and he spoke under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Now, in your Bible, in the Old Testament, the word to prophesy is a Hebrew word, naba, naba. And it is, it is defined to speak under the unction, and that word unction has in it inspiration and strength or power of the Spirit of God. So when it speaks about prophesying, in the Old Testament, that word Naba gives us, and the outline that Isaiah gives us, gives us the format for how God would speak through his children. And the Bible says that when they would yield to that, that it would give them a rest for their soul. And again, one translation instead of rest means to be comforted. Well, that's exactly what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 12, son, that in, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 14, that the gift of prophecy had in it edification, a charging up, just like you take jumper cables and somebody's battery's dead and you put it to that, but you put it to yours and it transfers the power. The gift of prophecy is the beginning of a transfer of the power of God at that moment to the believer to build you up by the Holy Ghost. And so, and I love this about God, God is always willing, always willing to build you up. And even in the other area of the utterance gifts, where later he speaks of praying in tongues, praying in the spirit to build up or charge up, edify, to build up your spirit. And so when we're speaking of utterance, you've got to learn how to talk like God the gift of prophecy. Now let's go back to 2 Chronicles a moment and get this in our spirit because a lot of people get a little confused. I started by saying many of these gifts can work together. When you get revelation, the enemy, Cliff of Ziz, that's not prophecy. That is the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. But when the Lord said, get you singers, and send them before, and let them say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. That's predictive. That's what they're going to do. That's the word of wisdom. Still a revelation gift. But when the Spirit comes on uh, Jehaziel and says, the battle is not your battle, but the battle is the Lord's, that was an answer to the prayer that Jehoshaphat prayed. Is not your name in this house in time of famine, sword, etc. So we would say Jehoshaphat prayed out 
the prophetic word. He prayed it out. And so in the Old Testament, the only two gifts that were not represented was tongues and interpretation of tongues. But Isaiah laid out the framework for stammering lips and another tongue. He said it would happen. But then, interesting, the people said, or Isaiah said concerning the people, but they would not. They would not. Which means you have a choice in the matter. You can choose to yield to the Spirit. And we dealt with this yesterday. I hope if you weren't watching yesterday or the day before that you go back and watch these three sessions because it really takes the whole, Teddy, of all of what we're teaching. But prophecy, again, the true spirit of prophecy has Jesus in it, has Jesus in it. Glory to God. The true spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, growing up, we used to have testimony services. Maybe not so much when you were, but we, we had more of it. As the church became a little bit more organized, I'll put it that way, <clears throat> organized with a disorganized fashion, they, they quit letting people prophesy or testify. They stopped tongues and interpretation tongues. In fact, I was in one church where um, they had a mic down by the altar, and if you had a, a word, you had to come down, and I think the pastor's wife was there, and you had to give it to her first. Then if she approved, then they would let you say it over the mic to the congregation. There might be wisdom in there, but what it takes, it robs the unction of that immediate that operates in these gifts. They operate to the immediate, to the immediate. Well, I know, for example, an evangelist, he used to preach to 10, 20,000 in auditoriums in the 80s. He had a, 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 his crusade guy tell the ushers, no messages in tongues. And some people were turned off by that. But when you have that large of a crowd, one, you can't even hear the people. And then two, um, sometimes you get people that like to be seen. Now, that doesn't take away from the gift of prophecy. But I like the way Brother Shambach did it. He'd say to me, before the service in the tent, go out on the mic and just ask, are there people here that would like to testify to something God has done for you? And then have them meet over on, we used to meet on the right side, David Vaughn, and we'd take down their testimonies on these green cards. And we'd tell them, if your card is called, Brother Shambot wants you to come and testify for the radio broadcast and for the telecast. Then I'd go up on the platform and I'd give those cards to Sister Donna. Donna's very shrewd, very, very, you know, raised in it like we were. And she'd go through them. She'd say, I think these three would be good tonight. And so I'd take those three. And when Brother Shambot was ready to do that, because you remember, he'd have 5,000 people in them tents. So what he would do, he'd say, Brother Ted, who are we going to have come tonight? And I'd read their name over another microphone. They'd come up on the bottom of the ramp. Our buddy Donnie Johnson would line them up. 
And then Brother Shambach would signal to the guy running the clock, sometimes Bobby or whoever he had doing it. And he'd say, welcome to the voice of power. I'm your evangelist, R.W. Shambach, and we have coming here a woman that's going to come back and give God the praise. And sometimes the people, when they would come, you could see the anointing come on them to testify or prophesy. And Brother Shambach, I had cancer, and you had the tent up in Newark, and I was in that meeting, and you took that oil, and you anointed me, and I got healed, and I come back to tell you it works. Whoever, and I mean, this, I remember this woman, she was pumping her fist, and it, it just got stronger and stronger. Now, now you see, we, we set in place a way for that to happen, but it still takes the unction or the anointing for the gift of prophecy to work. Mm -hmm. These gifts work severally as he wills. But I always say, thank God he's willing. Mm -hmm. And yet we'd have some come up and it was dead. Mm -hmm. And you could tell Brother Shambach couldn't wait for them to get off. <laughs> and he'd take four minutes on the clock for each testimony. But if the anointing was on people, he just let them go. Clock's done running. He, he'd be doing this and shaking, praise the Lord, glory to God. Mm -hmm. He'd go like that. And what a good time we had. So the point I'm making to you is, in this story that you chose from the Old Testament, there's actually three different gifts there. The word of wisdom, which is predictive in nature. This is where the enemy's at. That's the word of knowledge. But what to do for the future, predictive in nature, was the word of wisdom. But when the Spirit came on... Uh, Jehaziel, that was the gift of prophecy, which is why later it says about, if you believe the prophets, you shall be successful. You'll, you'll, you'll become successful. I said to Brother Shambach one time concerning the gift of prophecy, I said, did you ever do anything based on something that someone prophesied to you? And his answer was classic. You know what he said? If I believe If I had confidence mm -hmm. in the one giving me the prophecy. Yep. Amen. And so I thought I thought that for the foundation of what we're doing today, I'd like to lay that out so that in your mind you can see what a comfort, what an edification, what a charging up it must have been that day. Yeah. When the spirit came because what happened to the people after the prophecy? Victory. God fought their battle for them. But I mean in in the congregation where they assembled. What happened after uh, they, they, they begin to praise and pray. They begin to rejoice. Mm -hmm. yep. And so that's that's one of the characteristics. And to my son's point, a lot of these prophecies, doom and gloom, basically, that's exactly what it is. Right. It's not the word of the Lord. Yeah. It's not, God gave me a word about this year, and I've stuck to it. Someone said, how come you're not prophesying more? I had a minister that has a national television ministry called The Office. Come on and prophesy. I've had different prophets this year. I, I didn't accept it. Why? Because if I don't have a word, I can't give a word I don't have. Right. Yeah. It comes by the spirit. However, you can pull on the gift. A friend of mine, and I told you this, he, he's in television and so forth. And he got a hold of me last night. He said, prophesy, oh prophet. <laughs> he needed a word. He said, I need a word right now. Well, yeah, don't we all? But what he did was he pulled on the gift in me. 
all of a sudden these words come up out of my spirit. He said, dig in, give me part two. And I thought, this guy, what does he mean part? And then all of a sudden more words came. You see, he was pulling on the gift, what we would call coveting earnestly the best gift. And again, the one that is needed at the moment would be the best one. But the thing I like about the gift of prophecy is when God's done speaking, mm -hmm. you'll feel at peace. So even in the Old Testament, if God had a man stand up and give a word of prophecy that was uh, that had correction or it had a negative um, connotation to it, he always then would give them uh, a measure in order to avoid that word. If you know, unless you do this, this is going to happen. And it was an opportunity for them to either correct their course or to come back to him, especially with the nation of Israel. And so would you say, because of what you just taught, that prophecy is encouraging, it's edifying, builds you up. If there's not an aspect of that possibility of that happening through that word, it's probably not from the Lord. Would you say that? Well, first of all, you, you're introducing another thought that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul, which is prophecy can be judged. In the New Testament, let those that are prophets that are to the side, they judge that word. In the Old Testament, they judged it with stones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you missed it, that was you prayed the you stones missed, missed you. <laughs> yeah. But... I think underlying all of this is what God has said in his word that uh, we're to try the spirits mm -hmm. as to whether they be of God or not. Right. Now, in the Old Testament, it said God allowed lying spirits to go out into the mouths of the prophets. Now, that word in the King James said sent. But in the original language, it means allowed. It doesn't mean God sent the lying spirit. He allowed it. Why? Because at that moment and because of the cross, dominion and power had been surrendered by Adam to the devil. And so the devil had a strategy. I'm going to corrupt the prophetic anointing and put these lies in the mouths of these false prophets. Well, that can't happen now. People say, well, everybody that prophesied missed it. No, that's not how you look at it. What you look at it is prophecy can be judged. It can be judged. And so you can use the word miss it if you want, but it doesn't mean they're false prophets. It just means, for example, when Agabus prophesied about the dearth that was in Jerusalem, there was coming a famine, a tough time. When he prophesied it, and then he said, out of that, we want to send relief to the people in Jerusalem. The next part of that is very important in Acts. Then they determined what they would do. Once you receive a prophetic word, it does not override your will. It does not override your will. You should type in the comments, I have a will. Very important right now to understand the gift of prophecy that you make this confession. I have a will. I'll give you a moment. I'll give you a moment to do that.
I have a will. See, that's, what we're doing is I'm encouraging you to type this in so that you have an understanding. The Spirit's not going to hijack your will. He's not going to take away your free will, your choice. See, the people are getting it now. Amen. I have a will. Sister Desette, our dear friend, I have a will. Yes, you do. I have a will. Type that in because God has a will. Now think about this, Ted. The people are typing in. We're getting you to do this as an agreement with what we're teaching today. God is willing that none should perish. God has a will. In other words, he's willing that none should perish, but that all, A-double-L, all should come to repentance. That's God's will. But is everybody saved? No. No. Which means even God does not override the will of the people because of what he wills. You have a choice. I have a will. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. Very important. You can choose. You can choose. And so the people that are typing this in, like our friends here that we see, uh, God bless every one of you, what you're saying is, I have a will. Hello, buddy, over in the United Kingdom. Amen. I remember this, these folks. Amen. I want to say, how, how would you pronounce that first name? Alice. Alice? Is that an E? Yeah. Uh-oh. I better have another drink of coffee. Amen. <laughs> but Alice, you have a will. No matter what country you're watching, people in the United Kingdom, I've seen people from Canada today, I've seen people from all over the world, South Africa, you have a will. And the word of prophecy can be judged. The gift of prophecy can be judged. And you can pray it out even as Jehoshaphat did. He prayed and then the prophetic word was released to the area of bringing victory to God's children. For example, years ago, Pat Robertson was on television and there was a hurricane coming up along the east coast of the United States. And he said, I'm going to, the Lord showed me that we can pray and that hurricane will go back out into the ocean. He was prophesying. We can pray and the hurricane's going to go back out into the ocean. And make no mistake here, Pat Robertson is a powerful man of God, and he hears from heaven. He's about 87, going on 88 now, but he's a great man. From Cape Town, she has a will. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, I come home, and Dad and I are watching the 700 Club. Dad said, all right, go down to the hardware store. We had Ace Hardware. You remember them? Mm -hmm. We still have them. He said, I want you to get a 50-gallon Rubbermaid uh, uh, garbage container. I said, what do we need that for? We're going to fill it with water in case they cut the water off. I said, well, you just heard what Pat said. Dad said, yeah. He said, I believe it. Now go get the thing. And then we got some sheets of plywood and covered the windows. I said, I, I said Dad, I'm a little confused. I said, Brother Pat said, we're going to pray it out into the ocean. And Dad jokingly said, well, this is in case God didn't hear his prayer. <laughs> that was how Papa was. So anyhow, it's a matter of record. The hurricane come barreling in towards the outer banks, tidewater, and then all of a sudden it swir uh, swerved 
and went back out into the ocean. So what that shows you is a prophetic word. Just because God shows you something doesn't mean it's got to happen in the New Testament, in this day. Sometimes God reveals things so we can pray against it. So we can pray against it. And so that's what Pat taught us. We ended up with a new garbage can <laughs> and four sheets of plywood we never needed. Amen. <laughs> but you know, Dad, he ended up using them and he, he built an addition on the back of the house there in Virginia Beach and put his office in there. In fact, the desk to it's in my basement and the chair to it is downstairs here in the office. The girls use it in one of the rooms. <laughs> that was my dad. But being practical, it's all right. So I say that because this one minister, very well known now through Facebook and YouTube, he keeps getting these prophecies and it, it's it troubled his mind. But I would say to him and to anyone else, if you're getting a word that's bringing trouble instead of comfort to you, it's probably not the spirit of God. Try the spirits. And so as we deal with this area that Paul did in Corinthians 14, these three um, characteristics of the gift of prophecy will help you and keep you from getting over into fear and worry and anxiety. Because you see, the Bible says worry is a sin. Mm -hmm. And God's not going to give you a word to cause you to sin. Right. I better say that again. Yeah. God is not going to give you a word that will cause you to sin. Mm -hmm. So he said, worry is a sin. Uh-oh. Yeah. Repent of it. When you worry, what you're saying is, I don't believe God can take care of me. Right. Amen. But through every day, over all the way, wherever you may go, God will take care of you. Amen. So we're dealing with, too, the... Um the, the fact that a word of prophecy, as you saw in the title, it is a road to victory. As we saw in 2 Chronicles 20, not only did God fight their battle for them, but the Bible says it took them three days to gather up all the spoil, one translation says, all of the treasure that was left behind by the uh, army that was laying dead on the field, all of their uh, armor, their provision, their gold, silver, whatever it was, took them three days to carry it back. Anytime you have a word from the Lord that you obey, it always brings you into a greater level of victory. The Lord said in the book of Isaiah, uh, he said, I am the Lord your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. So when you get a word from the Lord and you obey it, it causes you to profit, cause, cause you to increase, cause you to be victorious. I'm thinking of the story of David in 1 Samuel 30 when they came and um, they found that their wives and their children had been taken and uh, that the city had been burned. And he didn't go immediately to try to recover his uh, wives or his children or the men's wives or their children. The first thing David did, and of course, remember this, he didn't need a prophet to tell him he was a prophet. He was prophet, priest, and king. David inquired of the Lord for himself. He got a prophetic word from the Lord for himself. And when he prayed, the Lord spoke to David and said, Go, for you shall surely recover all. 
And so David made up in his mind, I'm not going to do anything until the Lord speaks to me to do it. And then when the Lord gave him that word, and it was a word of prophecy that what would happen when he went, David then obeyed that word. And what happened? Victory. And so when you get a prophetic word from the Lord and you obey it, it's never going to take you, it's never going to cause you to diminish, to fail, or to get into a place of danger. It's going to cause you to increase, to be blessed, to have victory. And the word of prophecy, see, that's why, I, I mean, I believe this, and you can talk some about it. That's why one of the reasons I believe the enemy has tried to stop these gifts from operating in the churches, tongues and interpretation, gift of prophecy, these different things. It causes us to walk into victory and to speedily walk into victory. Right now, there's what I would call a little bit of a, a challenge, a, even a confusion about prophets, prophetesses, the gift of prophecy. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. There are people who say, I was studying. And I wrote down some of these things from the word. That's never wrong. That's good. And then I wrote down things that are happening in the world. And I've come to the conclusion, and this is the prophetic word. That is not how the gift of prophecy works. The gift of prophecy is instantaneous. The spirit comes on you and you speak with other tongues you don't study about, should I speak with tongues? And here's the examples in the book of Acts, how they spoke with tongues. And Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And therefore, I'm going to speak in tongues. I heard a fellow say, I, I can speak in tongues anytime I want. And someone rebuked him. Actually, that's true. You can if you're spirit filled. All you do is you stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. But remember this. The message of the gift of prophecy, if you will, is God revealing the prophets speaking. It's not you get the revelation and then God has to back you up. It's God said, this is what I'm doing, and he won't do anything first until he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So what's happened is we kind of switched this thing the last few years, and everybody's a prophet. Everybody's a prophetess. Now, think of this. Any and every believer that's spirit-filled can prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And upon my handmaidens, I'll pour out my spirit. And what's going to happen to that generation? They're going to prophesy. Mm -hmm. Prophesy. Any believer can prophesy. So just because you prophesy doesn't mean you're a prophet or a right. prophetess. Yeah. I love the old illustration that my dad used to give. Just because a cat has her kittens in an oven doesn't make them biscuits. You know, remember that cat we yeah. took home and got up under the furnace there, the heater? Yeah. We come home from church, we got five kittens plus a cat. Mm -hmm. When they're going to give birth, they get near that heat. Well, just because they get near the stove doesn't make them a piece of wood. Just because they have kittens in the oven, they used to leave the oven uh, when it was on, it'd still be warm, and a cat would climb up under there. I've seen them at farmhouses. So 
uh, I like the way Brother Hagin said it. Just because you have ice cream in your refrigerator doesn't make you the Dairy Queen. <laughs> and so we need to understand that everybody says I'm a prophet. Everybody's a prophetess looking for title, not function. Right. Title. Gordon Lindsay, who was instrumental in forming the voice of healing as he yielded to the Spirit to bring this to pass, said, Ministry does not consist of title or rank, but rather of demonstration in the Spirit. We should be more focused on yielding to the Holy Spirit to demonstrate and manifest the power of God than to claim some title. Our dear pastor friends, God bless them. They'll get somebody in their church and they'll say, Pastor, I'm a prophet to this church. And really what they're trying to do is to overrule the authority of that local government of the pastor. Well, I've got a word from the Lord. And if you don't receive them as such, then they'll say, my pastor, uh, he doesn't believe in prophesying. He despises prophesying. And so he's not anointed. No, there are guides and regulations to the gift of prophecy that Paul gave us. I'll never forget up in Maine, and I saw Brother Drake not too long ago when I was in New England. He was actually celebrating his birthday. He pastored my grandmother's church in Littleton, then he pastored in Holton. Well, uh, a fellow got up and said, I've got a prophetic word. And this is what he prophesied. He said, thus saith the Lord, be not afraid, my children, for I, even I, the Lord thy God, you know, using King James. Yeah. I'm afraid sometimes. <laughs> so Brother Drake, he corrected that. Why? Because it was wrong. And that guy, he was a board member. He got the board together and said, our pastor despises prophesying, and they removed him from the church. When all Brother Drake did was just be the man of God he was, sticking to the word, judging. See, prophecy can be judged. Right. And that was just, God, God is not the one that authors fear, gives right. fear. Fear is a tormenting spirit, comes from hell. Yeah, that's right. And Brother Drake was just correcting that prophecy. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, son, think about this. Not just church. Now we got television, Facebook, all of the social media. Yeah. And you'll see the prophet's circle, the prophet's anointed club. I mean, I've seen every title under the sun. Right. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll watch a little bit. You can tell immediately whether it's the spirit of God or the spirit of a man. Sure. And I would have to say 99.9%. Well, <laughs> huh? Some people can tell. Others cannot tell. True. But I can tell you 99.9% .9 are just speaking out of their human spirit. Prophecy. In other words, I'm prophesying for two hours on Facebook. Usually, I find... <clears throat> that the spirits say the same a thing. <laughs> My dad was preaching in Malaga, the old CCNA, the Italian Assemblies camp, one summer, he and Tommy Barnett, and there were messages coming forth. People were prophesying. And the first message. And then the second was the same as the first. Then another person, same as the first and second. And the old Brother Fortunato, the old preacher got up and he said, the spirits say the same a thing. In other words, that's enough. Yeah. And so sometimes we got to just lift our hands and say, folks, that's enough. 
And there is nothing wrong with judging prophecy. And sometimes I think people try to use prophecy to rule over you, yeah. lord it over you. Well, one of the things, too, that's dangerous right now, and of course, you know, this is we're spirit-filled, Pentecostal, charismatic, but understand, one of the things I saw somebody put, the contemporary prophetic movement's a mess. It's a problem when, and I believe, you know, there's many that don't believe in apostles and prophets now. I believe there are. I believe that there's still those gifts. But when you make a decision that this is what's going to happen, this is what the Holy Ghost is going to do, you're already in trouble because you don't control the Holy Spirit. He controls you. And when somebody advertises and says, I want you to be here with me, we're going to have a prophetic encounter. Well, you don't decide whether or not there's a prophetic encounter. The Lord does. And then what ends up happening, which is dangerous, we saw this in the voice of healing, we've seen it in other movements, is that if that's not happening or if the Spirit's not moving that direction, then that person feels a pressure to perform or to manifest something that's not there. Because, well, I'm a prophet, i got to prophesy. The problem is, if the Holy Spirit doesn't give you a prophetic word, it's something you had to force out of your flesh, and then it's not the word of the Lord. And I've had people even say, well, I, I had a guy give me a word. It never came to pass. I was discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged. But at the same time, you can't go around, uh, unless the Lord tells you what he's going to do, you can't tell him what he's going to do. And there's a lot of people right now, they're having you know a week of prophetic encounters and all that. I, I've seen stuff as crazy as practicing the gifts of the spirit where they get all these novices in a room I mean, 40 people in a room now everybody go around the room and give somebody a word of knowledge everybody go around the room and give somebody a personal prophecy you're in for trouble if that's like if that's your method of operating the gifts of the spirit and well that's what brought the latter rain movement down was they they would gather up in detroit mama bill's church and stanley frodsham wrote the book the apostle of faith on smith wigglesworth mm -hmm. He and Lester Summerall, Brother Summerall told me this. They went up there to see what it was about. And what they would do, they'd have prophetic presbyteries, they called them, mm -hmm. where four or five people would get everybody in the room to come up and they'd keep prophesying. But Brother Summerall said this, and uh, I agree with him. He said what happened was they'd start getting tired and start getting off, but people were still saying that's the prophetic word, and rearranging their lives or reordering their lives to a word because, you see, they were doing it out of their own strength. That's, that's why they were tired. Right. Years ago, I was down in Jamaica, and I went to a church, New Testament Church of God, and um, the pastor's wife said to me, believe with me, and you know, the, you know them, the people I'm talking about, just don't call their name because this isn't good for them. Amen. Right. <laughs> uh Brother Ted, please pray. We're going to have a girl get married. Oh, I said, in my mind, I'm thinking, she better do the praying. I'm already engaged to your, your mom at the time. Please. But what they would do, this guy, we'll call him Delroy. He wanted to get married. So the way they did it, they go to the pastor. There's nothing wrong with, if you're wanting to get married, go talk to your pastor. I believe in counseling in that sense. But uh, <laughs> they gathered all the single women in the church, about 40 or 50. And I saw this gaggle of girls going into this building. <laughs> they were all, and the pastor's wife goes in, 
And then they started praying in the spirit. Nothing wrong with praying in the spirit. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm watching and she's walking around the room and she points to this girl. You're the one that's to marry him. It's almost like an arranged marriage in feudal Europe. Right. You know, the king, you're going to marry a hemorrhoid from yeah. the land of Oz. <laughs> He's 90, you're 12, but it'll be okay. Anyhow. Thankfully, there was no prophetic prima nocta. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means. So here's what happened. Uh uh, Phil Hutchins says, that's how I found Jamie. And that explains a lot. Amen. So uh, what I was going to say was they got married. Mm -hmm. And they actually flew back with me and Andy to the States to go to Bible school. Well, they had many children. He went down to Tulsa, was involved in teaching uh, at a school down there. And... Uh, I go down to preach, and I look in the meeting, and there's his wife. I said, how so-and-so? Well, she said, a woman that taught at that Bible school said to my husband, I have a prophetic word for you. You're to leave your wife, and you're to marry me. Well, if in the foundation of your misunderstanding, your first wife, you got her on a word of prophecy— why would you think another word of prophecy wouldn't open up the door for another wife? Mm -hmm. And his wife, she was working in the hospital down there in Tulsa, and me and Bonnie felt bad for her, but she's living in sin. She had a man living with her. Well, that is not the gift of prophecy, and that's not how prophecy works. Right? Prophecy does not divide a home. Prophecy does not open the door to adultery. Prophecy does not. In, in other words, it's not like a rubber stamp. Right. I'll do what I want to do. Yeah. Yea, thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. Get rid of this one and get another one. See, that's all. Demonic. And in my mind, it's it's really deception of yeah. the enemy. No so that's why you got to judge prophecy. Like the lady come to me last summer. Brother Shuttlesworth, I have a word for you. I said, you do? Yeah. What is it? You're going to drown. I looked at her. I said, ma'am, no, I'm not. She said, you're not? I said, no. Why? I said, because I know how to swim. <laughs> and you asked my wife, your mama, I got in a pool, a lake, a river, something, every single day of last summer and swam right into the fall <laughs> just to let the devil know I'm not going to drown. You cannot allow the misuse of the gifts, right. the abuse of the gifts, to rob you from desiring the real thing. That's right. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. Yeah. Despite abuse, despite the area of confusion, press in, mm -hmm. press in. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Lord, the Lord will bless you. That's right. See, that made Sister Desette laugh. I ought to tell him, Sister, when well, only it was you that said it, but it wasn't. Amen. One hand said, I attended a conference in Los Angeles where they were having, uh, teaching people how to prophesy on demand and then having everybody get up and give everybody next to them a word on demand. She said, we quickly made our exit. Yeah, I'd have gone to McDonald's. Well, the, here's the other thing. Brother Hagen dealt with this because he saw 
some of those errors happen during the voice of healing where people started basing their ministry on a gift rather than the word of God. And he dealt with that even in his teaching. Uh, and talk a little bit about what he, he dealt with. If the gift's not moving, just stick to teaching. Brother word. Hagen, rightly so, and biblically, scripturally correct, said, if there's not a gift in manifestation, stick to the word. That was his phrase. Stick to the word. Because, so simple and yet powerful, the word always works. Mm -hmm. The word always works. Amen. The word always works. That's right. One time I was dealing with a demon-possessed man. Very intelligent. In fact, he went to MIT in Massachusetts. And he was an inventor and he was brilliant. But he had a devil. And so he came where I was at. And I, I didn't really know him. His first name was Walter. Some of my friends from Bible school, you remember Walter. And he looked at me and he said, I don't like you. Of course, that was the devil. And I was young then. I was 18. I said, what do you don't like me? You always quote scripture. You always quote the word. Well, I watched seven strong men try to hold him. He threw them all over the place. They said, come over here, Brother Shuttlesworth, help us. <laughs> now wrestle the devil yourself. <laughs> Amen. But later I had to deal with him one-on-one, -on -one, and the Lord helped us. But the devil is stupid. And sometimes he'll tell you. One time I was in India. Let me get another story. And I was preaching in Puli and Gudi on a big wooden platform. And the Hindu priest came to mock the meetings, and all of a sudden the demons in them started speaking in English. So I'd preach the gospel. We had about 1,000 people. Brother Ezekiel would uh, translate, and while he's translating, they're ta I'd talk right back. And all of a sudden the devil started speaking in English. We know you're a man of God, just like in the Bible. I said, thank you. I was having a few questions. but <laughs> I mean, and I just got back and forth with him. Why? Because the devil recognizes the authority of the word. And in Bible school, they taught us this, but the word teaches it. There are levels of prophecy, levels of prophecy. There's personal prophecy. There's prophecy that, like Jehoshaphat did to the church or to the assembly that was gathered. There's a prophetic word that God released through Isaiah to nations, Syria in Isaiah, so forth. There's a prophetic word even for the devil. That's right. I will, I will, I will, I will. God said, you won't. One time, threw him out. Jesus said, I beheld Satan when he fell as lightning. Mm -hmm. There's a word, a prophetic word. Now, by prophetic, all we're saying is the word of God that has a little zap on it. It's got that extra unction, naba. Hello, Faith. Recently, it was her birthday. She's a young girl. What are you now, Faith? 20? <laughs> you remember her husband sings, Chris? He's got a twin brother. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah. His name's Gemini. But anyhow, <laughs> that's a great woman right there. I always love Faith. Um, what I wanted to say to you is you have to have your spirit and your mind renewed and filled up with the word of God. Because God will never prophesy or release a prophetic word 
that is opposed to what he's already given us. Amen. That's really the definition between logos and rhema. Rhema is where the prophetic word comes, but you're not creating new scripture when you prophesy. Right. Like the Catholics believe the Pope does. How's he handling that uh, problem he's got right now? No idea. I don't know either. We pray for him. God bless the Pope. Amen. But like the old preacher said in Detroit, the Pope's not the hope. And I learned that years ago. We have the word. We have the word. We're not speaking ex cathedra. That as soon as it's said, it goes down in the canon, the dogma of the church. No. A prophetic word is for you, for someone else, for the church. Because the Bible speaks about the order and use of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy in the church. Now, tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. But if there's no interpretation, the church can't be edified. Prophecy is given in that language, which means that the gift of prophecy can be for all that are gathered together. Now, Oral Roberts had something that he told me one time, and I've got somewhere in the studio, I think over there, I've got those tapes. I see them on the floor over there. Uh, it's a big album. I, I don't know if Richard would allow it. Maybe Richard offers him. It's a whole series that Oral did about the Holy Spirit in the now. And it's okay, uh, Mr. Floor Director. But in that series, Oral would teach his partners to come together and pray in the Holy Ghost and then believe God to interpret the word that God was giving them. Mm -hmm. Well, that's scriptural. But what is it? I pray in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Then I pray. Then I pray with understanding. Pray in the spirit. Is that right? James 15, 7. I didn't know there were 15 chapters in James. <laughs> Good Lord. Man, God went back to work. So anyhow, what I'm saying to you is it's scriptural. It's biblical to pray in the spirit. And then when you're prophesying, if you interpret, it's the interpretation of tongues, but if it has the content of edifying, exhortation, which means it builds to the faith mm -hmm. or comfort, then you can see where the gift of prophecy and the interpretation of tongues of a message could combine. I call them companion gifts. They could work together. And sometimes God does. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. One time I was sitting in this studio and I was praying in the spirit. And it was like all of a sudden this whole studio got misty like a cloud. And then the colors got real bright. Real bright. And then in my spirit I heard the word of the Lord. And the Lord said, write these words down. I had a legal pad there. I started writing as fast as I could write. The words started coming. You shall begin to do crusades outdoors, on fields, in stadiums. And I, I wrote it all down. Everything. That, and then it lifted. Then it lifted. But I began to direct the ministry towards that word. I went down to Tampa, Florida, and we had bought a new tent. And Rodney Howard Brown is praying. We're dedicating the tent. And then, beautifully, he says the exact words God said to me when I was here praying and I wrote those words down. So sometimes 
a prophetic word will be confirmed by another. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established or confirmed. So I'll never forget this. Never forget this. When I went from there, I hooked up with uh, a preacher friend of mine, and he reminded me, he said, remember when we were out behind the tent in Washington, D.C., and Brother Shambach said to you, I may not see it, but someday you're going to preach on fields and in stadiums. I said, I remember that. That was, I think, 1999-2000. Well, here, all these years later, Brother Rodney, who was not there and didn't know the story, and I'd forgotten the story, is saying the same thing that Brother Shambach had said several years before. Mm. A prophetic word, once it's released, is literally, <clears throat> what's the word I want to use? It's eternally operating because it came out of the spirit of Almighty God. And because it comes from his spirit, it is at that moment a revelation not only of his will, but of his doing, of his doing, of his doing. Once he says it, he's got to do it. Mm -hmm. Once he speaks it, he's got to bring it to pass. So the area of manifestation is on God's end and not on your end. You don't have to make a prophecy work. You don't have to um, you don't have to make it work. And I'm glad son you're on YouTube. People can watch this on YouTube, Facebook for those that are watching. But thank God that we have this day that we can use all of these new inventions. And God takes and anoints it and sends a word wherever you're watching. I see people from California. Hey, type in where you're watching from. I'd like to know that. Where's everybody watching from? So many times we see your name scroll by and people say, I receive it. I believe it. But uh, thank God. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. South Africa. Beautiful. West Virginia. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Before we do anything else, I want to pray. The Lord, you know, the Lord blessed me recently. My father gave uh, my wife and I a prophetic word, for those of you that know the story. Because of that prophetic word, it actually brought us into uh, the TV studio that we have now in Florida. And literally, because of that prophetic word, not only did we get a better location, but we got it for less than half the price of every other location just by obeying and looking for that prophetic word. Mm. God brought us into a place of increase, uh, of provision, blessing, and uh, supernatural. So, see, it's the prophetic word. If you keep your eyes on the word of God, that's the key. I mean, that's I've been dealing with this all year long. Stick to the word. Keep your eyes mm. on the word of God and not, if listen, if you've not yet gotten a prophetic word, Stay to the written word. I wrote that the other day on Twitter. Uh, if you don't have a spoken word, stick to the written word. Mm. If you don't have a spoken word, stick to the written word. And God will speak to you. Every believer, here, here's one thing that many people don't uh, realize, is that 
in the New Testament, as my father taught, is that we, we're not led by prophets. We're led by the Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, they could not be filled with the Holy Ghost because their bodies weren't ready for it yet. But now that our spirits have been renewed and we're new creations, Great now God. we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now we don't have to be led by prophets. We're led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, 14, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. So you don't have to wait for a man of God or a woman of God to give you a prophetic word. You've got the gift giver living on the inside of you. You can be led by the Spirit of God. Right, right. And that's the key. If you don't get a word, mm. stick to the written word of God. Mm. And that's what we're believing God for. And so we're going to pray because as we're getting ready to transition into 2021, we're believing for the best year we've ever had. We're going to run in 2021 by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord's going to lead you to take actions, take steps that are going to make it the best year best. you've ever had. And so we're going to pray for you right here. I want to have my father pray uh, for every one of you that are watching, that not only will God speak to you, but that you'd be led and perfectly guided into the place God wants you to be to see the increase he has planned for your life. Praise God. Ministry and business. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Let's just worship him, folks. Amen. Hallelujah. I say to you, the good news is about ready to break Amen. in the realm of the Spirit. I say to you that the Holy Spirit has prepared a great conclusion to this year. I declare that it shall be glorious. It shall be glorious. For that which I have purposed, I have declared, says the Lord, that the enemy shall not write the last chapter of this year nor the last chapter of your life. Amen. But I, the Lord your God, have a plan, and my plan is a good plan, and my plan will cause you to prosper and to be successful. My plan will never harm you. My plan will never hurt you. But the wonderful power of heaven is being released right now upon the earth. For what I have declared by my prophets is, in the last days, saith God, Yes. I will... Pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons yes. and your daughters shall prophesy. That prophetic word is in you. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Father, I pray right Jesus now that anointing will come upon everyone watching. Stir up the gift. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm expecting... Without question, the best year we've ever had. For the faithful people of God, best year we've ever had. Let me encourage you to do something very strategic today. Position yourself. I'm doing it myself. We're getting ready to sow the largest seed we've ever sown, my wife and I, positioning ourselves for the new year. I want you to take a minute and sow a seed by faith today, positioning yourself even for financial increase. You can go to miracleword.com. And click on the give page. You can sow a seed there. You're standing with us. Many of you are standing with us as we're getting ready to touch the world. Uh, next year will be the most impactful year we've ever had around the globe, preaching the gospel every week in uh, over 100 nations of the world and seeing souls saved. We have a plan right now. 
uh, to disciple new believers, no matter what nation they're saved in, and uh, and to give them resources immediately. We're going to make an impact like we never have. Feeding well, this guy here wants to. What's going on here? He said he's trying to give to help you do that. Need help? Plan on giving thousands. PayPal internet kept going in and out today. Is there another uh, way all, he could do you, it, Dennis? You can always do that um, with MiracleWord.com. Uh, all of the information is uh, is right there on the give page. Whether it's Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. Uh, the website, you can give on the website or set up a, those of you that are watching, if you would like to sow a monthly seed, you can do that. But I'm excited. It's going to be the best year we've ever had Yes. as a, a body of believers. We're calling it the victory tribe, the faithful. <clears throat> Every person in the body of Christ is in the tribe of Judah because we came through Christ and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. What we read at the beginning today, Judah, the tribe of praise, the tribe of victory. That's who we are. We are the tribe of victory. And so we're expecting victory on every side in Jesus' mighty Jesus name. Jesus' name. And so we're excited about it. <clears throat> Can't wait for what God's about to do. And then, of course, we're blessing every person that's standing with us in partnership this month with a new book by my, uh, it may be new for you. He wrote this book a couple of years ago entitled The Power of Daily Bible Reading. Pastor Joel Stockstill, one of my very close friends. It's a powerful book. We're going to get it to you as well. And then, of course, for those like Dennis that are sewing largely $1,000 or more, we're going to send you the Life Application Study Bible in genuine leather, as well as the hardcover edition of Further Faster. And thank you, Kim, for sewing. And we've got a brand new book getting ready to drop on fasting. Uh, before we start this new year in fasting and prayer, I'm finishing a book right now, Everything You Need to Know About Biblical Fasting. Of course, that's probably going to be the subtitle, not the title, but uh, it's going to open your eyes, things you may have never known, never seen about uh, fasting, and it's, it's, it's going to bless you and equip you for what God has planned for this upcoming year. You know, Jesus expects his children to fast and pray, and there is power in fasting and in prayer, and this book will open your eyes. I know it's something not talked about often, but uh, it'll definitely open your eyes. We wanted to make sure we had it ready for you to put in your hand before the new year fast begins. And so it's going to be available on ebook as well as paperback in December so that you can have it in your hands before we start. We love you guys. Have you know a, what I'd call it? What? Empty plates, full hearts. Empty plates, full eyes, full hearts. Hearts. Can't yeah. lose. <laughs> where, where do the eyes come from? <laughs> we love hey, you happy guys. Thanksgiving. Yeah. To every one oh, that thank is you, celebrating. Joel. Appreciate that, man. We love you guys over there in uh, the UK. They're crushing it. Joel went to uh, Rama with Megan. I know that. And Didn't uh, he come by our house one time? I'm not sure. No, you're thinking of Rob, I think. Oh, that uh, uh, broke my swimming pool. Thank yeah. you, Rob. <laughs> Joel's pastoring over in the UK. They're doing a phenomenal job. And thank you for sowing that seed. Go over and preach for him. Yeah, well, I, so that was the plan until they shut these borders down. As soon as they open up, I'm going. Whether he wants me or not. No, okay. <laughs> I love you guys, Joel. But man, I'm telling you. Happy I'm so Thanksgiving. Yeah, God bless these folks. Happy Thanksgiving. It's going to be a great day tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait. And then, of course, we'll be back on Friday uh, broadcasting with you guys. 10.30, same time. Black Friday. Of course, I don't call it that because I don't see color. Amen. But um, <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, final thought today. It was 
to me, very unfair that the LGBTQ community took every color. They couldn't have just taken one, they took the whole rainbow. Now, I like rainbows and I can't even wear a rainbow shirt because they've stolen it. I'm gonna make a shirt that has a rainbow that says, I support the Noahic Covenant. And it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> we love you guys, man. Thanks for hanging with us today. Sorry for the skipping issues, we'll get it fixed. And uh, we'll be back again to see on... Skipping? Uh, yeah, they were skipping all throughout. Oh, I thought you were talking because of Rainbow. No, we weren't skipping, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but there was some skipping. Have a great Thanksgiving. We love you guys. I hope. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Later. Later. His name's Skip. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.